Welcome to another inspiring podcast from C3 New Hope. For more information about our church and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au. We're speaking to marriages today, and uh, a few little ground rules before we get started. Um, often, when you're speaking to a topic like this, sometimes the drive home can be very quiet for married couples. <laughs> it's like a lot of silence on the, on the way home. And uh, I want to make sure that we are leaning into the grace that God has got for marriages here today. I want us to make sure we are leaning into one another in a healthy way here this morning. And a few ground rules. Um, if you are a male right now who's married, I don't want you, don't you dare start praying for your wife in a way that says, God, you need to help her right now. You need to be able to, you know who I married. You know who you've given to me. You know she's a little bit crazy. God, help her right now. Holy Spirit, change her ways. That's not the prayer I want you praying today, Okay. And ladies equally, I want your elbows in your holsters here today. Okay, be careful of the old nudge nudges going on. Be careful of the old hit the knees kind of stuff going on or the hitting the feet. This is the message where I'm praying the Holy Spirit will speak to you personally and trust in the Holy Spirit's ability to speak to your spouse here today. Okay, and uh, so often the message we deflect it to, oh, they should be doing that. But I sense in my heart today that the Holy Spirit is saying, hey, this is a message for the individuals um, within the married couples here today. Now, some of you might be here today thinking, I'm, I'm not married. I am wishing I was married or I am married and I'm wishing I was. No, no, I hope that's not the case. Um, maybe today is a pretty tricky day in the sense where maybe you've experienced loss in this space. Maybe you've experienced some, some breakdown in marriage as well. Relationships are tricky. They're complicated. They're, they're hard at times. They're messy at times. But that's exactly the reason we want to speak into this space because we want to be able to do all we can to be able to bring life into this space as well. And so if that's you here today where it's, it is tricky, it's, it's, it's tough, I want you to understand we're coming from an angle here where we want to speak life but also understand exactly that this is not necessarily easy for everyone. I've got no doubt in the room this size right now, there'll be marriages here that will feel like they are bulletproof. They feel like they're on the, as strong as they possibly can be. But I also know that for some here today, there might be a moment or a time where, hey Dan, you know what, if there's one more thing that came my way, I'm not too sure if I could get past that. I'm believing today that the Holy Spirit's going to speak, encourage, pour out grace, wherever you might find yourself here today. Is that Okay. I've been married here for 15 years. Um, my beautiful wife sits on the, on the, I was going to say on the throne. <laughs> she sits, sits on, the, on, the, on the front here and uh, <laughs> not that throne. Um, <laughs> and uh, married for 15 years now and she's the best thing that's ever happened to my life outside of giving my life to Christ. And uh, babe, I love you with all my heart. And churches, this is something that just uh, a little bit the side and less to do with this message here, but you want pastors, you want leaders who just do life simply, but include things like loving their wife <laughs> with all their heart. And um, babe, I, I love you with all my heart. And we, we've gone, gone through the ups and downs. Uh, we've gone through and a lot more ups along the, along the way. And we don't profess to be perfect in this space. We don't profess to be able to understand it all. And interestingly, as we speak into these kind of topics, it can be quite humbling because 
you got to understand, as a, as a preacher, as someone who brings the word, as you prepare things, you put it through the lens of, Dan, what do you like at this? And it's tricky time sometimes to be able to feel like I've got authority in this space to be able to speak because I know that there are shortcomings that we have. But um, I, I love it with all my heart. And I actually remember the very first time I ever met her, she was actually speaking on this stage. Uh, must have been probably close to 20 years ago now. And I remember hearing her speak and I remember suddenly thinking, this woman is someone who loves the Lord with all her heart. And uh, I remember going after, up to her and I didn't know her from a bar of soap. I went and got up to her and said, Lady, you can preach. And, uh, and I had no idea at the time that three or four years later I'd marry her. Um, but certainly that was when that inspired me. And, and you know, we want to find ourselves being the wind in other sails, particularly in our marriages, whether it's spiritually, physically, socially, be the wind and not the anchor in their lives right now. And uh, I've learned that over the last 15, 15 years, there are some things that I never knew about marriage when I first got married. Who knows that's the truth for every married couple. There is, you discover some things along the way. And uh, I've written down 10 things, which is sometimes a dangerous thing to do, but uh, 10 things I never knew about being married before I married. Is, is Rob, Rob here this morning? Where's Rob? Oh, there's, there's Rob right there. No, Robbie, no, oh, different, different Rob. Yeah. Rob's getting married in a few weeks. So this is going to be helpful for Rob here today, right? Um, so maybe you can, if you're a married couple today, you can nod your head or say amen to these things as well. So for number one, I never knew that there was a correct way an incorrect way to be able to put clothes on the line. Can you give me an amen, someone? Um, number two, I never knew that when the statement says, hey, you choose anything for dinner, babe, what that really means is I want you to read my minds and if I don't get exactly what I want, then I won't be happy, all right? That's number two. Number three, I never knew that packing the dishwasher could resemble a Picasso masterpiece. Yeah, all right, am I preaching to somebody here today? Number four, I never knew that my wife had a sixth sense that when we're talking on the phone, she could know exactly whether I was listening intently or not. Simply by the way, I go, uh-huh. And she goes, you're not listening, are you? I'm like, I've got no idea what you're saying, babe. Sorry, Dom. <laughs> Number five, I never knew that Kmart could be the solution for just about every single need. <laughs> I think we need shares in Kmart. I feel like I need some returns on that. Number six, I never knew that it was specifically my job to be able to say, bless you, after every single sneeze within 1.4 seconds of Ali sneezing. <laughs> the amount of times I've had, bless me. <laughs> Number seven, I never knew that the real test of a healthy marriage was actually your ability to put IKEA furniture together. <laughs> there could have been a few once divorce moments through IKEA, I'll tell you what. All right, number eight. Never knew road trips would involve me driving 93% of the time. And then when it's her turn, 10 minutes in, she says, geez, I'm tired, Dan. I'm gonna... Number nine, I never knew there was a correct way to chew your food. The amount of times she goes, do you have to chew that way? I'm like, apparently I do. All right, number 10, I never knew that when asked to choose between two outfits, it's really a big test. That that even though that she asked you, she's already actually decided what she wants to wear, but she's putting you to the test of making sure you can choose the right one. And number 11, last one, I never knew that, and I now know this, that you should always have all your jokes approved before you tell them and say them at church on a Sunday morning. <laughs> amen, amen, amen. <laughs> all right. Yeah, you know, today I, I want to be able to bring a word that, again, is 
I want to be life-giving. I want to make sure that we speak um, into biblical truths. And I really felt today not to go down the lines of top 10 tips to be able to make your marriage better. Um, I want to go into some foundational truths for marriage that, that Paul sets out in Ephesians chapter 5. And so if you've got your Bibles here today, um, I want to dive into Ephesians 5 and speak to a, a piece of Scripture where Paul's speaking to uh, marriage, but in the context of Christ's relationship with the church. And um, when we understand the, the magnitude of what's been said right now, we've got no choice but to level up when it comes to our marriages. So Ephesians 5, 21, 28. If you've got your Bibles, pull them out. Um, if you don't, they'll be on the screen here. So it says, Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. This word own husbands is actually a really important word that Paul includes here. We understand and catch this, that, that when Paul says this, is actually revolutionary for the time. Because in culture, during this time, women would actually need to submit to any man during this time. And the Apostle Paul is actually bringing a life, he's actually bringing a new, new value to women in this space, where he's actually saying, you don't need to submit to all men, but what you are called to do is submit to your husbands. So it's actually very liberating for the time. The language that Paul's using during this time is actually very liberating and not oppressing at all. So then it says, for, hus- for the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the saviour. Now, as the church submits to the Christ, submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Now, I want to be able to bring some light into this particular scripture because, unfortunately, this has become some would call it a bit of a controversial scripture in our world today. I don't think it's controversial at all, but I want to be able to bring some life and some some, some light into this space. And here's the thing: you actually can't read verse 24 without also reading verse 25. Well, then it says, husbands, love your wives. But then Paul gives a standard to how husbands are called to live their wives, love their wives as well. So the standard is, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and present her to himself as a radiant church without stain, without wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. This is the kind of love that Paul is speaking to, the same kind of love that Christ loves the church. He's empowering, he's saying, husbands, this is how I want you to be able to love your wife as well. One that's sacrificial, one that's committed, one that's holy, one that's selfless, one that is protective, one that is faithful, one that is dedicated, one that is steadfast, one that is, this is what Paul is saying in regards, this is how I want you to be able to love your wife. And so the two verses have to be able to be read together in this space. And it says, in the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. Or Paul could have said it, if you're smart, you should love your wife because it's good for you. (laughs) It's good for you. Today, I want to speak into the topic, and I guess I've titled this message here today, is God's perfect plan for imperfect marriages. God's perfect plan for imperfect marriages. This morning, if you're perfect, this is not for you. If your marriage is perfect, this is not for you. 
But if you're a little bit broken, if you know you need the grace, if you know you need the help of, of, of God in this space, then this is a message for you. Why don't you pray? Especially today, if you sit next to your spouse, why don't you reach out and hold on to their hands and let's, uh, let's pray today. Heavenly Father, we declare in this place we're open wide. Our hearts are open wide. Our ears are open wide. Our minds are open wide. God, we recognise that is the power of your word that can bring revelation to be able to change our lives. Today, don't let this just be a talk that we hear about, but I pray that our souls and our spirits are stirred up here in this place. For those who have found this journey to be difficult or challenging in the past, God, I pray for your grace and your peace to flow over their lives in Jesus' name. I pray for every single marriage right now, before we even get to the word, God, let us be a, a church. Let us be united in this heartbeat that says, God, we want to do it your way. We want to include you. We want to be able to have your help. Holy Spirit, I pray, do what only you can do. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. You know, I find this uh, line a little bit funny at times when I'm doing weddings. Uh, one of the joys I get to do is get to be able to marry people. And so I often stand before people and I say, I don't just marry you here today, but I'll be your champion for marriage until the very last day. And this is how I, I see marriages. We want to be able to fight for marriages. Who knows that God had intention and, and God says that, and well, actually Paul says, and I'll share a little bit about this this afternoon, is that Paul says that marriage is a gift, but he also says singleness is a gift. But he says marriage is a gift. And because marriage is a gift and God's got plans for it and God blesses it, who knows that the enemy wants to do all he can do to be able to come against it as well? I'm convinced that strong marriages make strong families. Now, I know it's more complicated than that, but it's definitely a big part of the puzzle. Strong marriages allow for secure children. Strong marriages allow for strong families and strong families into strong churches and strong churches into strong communities. And we see the flow-on effects take place. But I want us to come back to this original relationship between the husband and the wife here today. Again, we can speak some life into it here today. But I get to be able to mar marry people. And one of the lines that is often sort of shared or something similar to this line will be for better or for worse. Those people who are married who's had that sort of vow being spoken over their life before, for better or for worse. And it's a funny kind of uh, line because I'm not too sure if we all fully understand what we're saying at the time. You know, you picture the scenic sort of settings of weddings that often are in gardens and beautiful settings. The birds are chirping, you know, the, the wind's blowing, got the music in the background going, the bride's radiant as she comes down, the groom's often choking up a little bit and like, this will be you in a few weeks, Rob, you know. Um, actually, well, actually, one of my most memorable, I was reminded when Rosie was singing on stage. Where's Rosie? Rosie's still here. Where is she? There, there she is. Well, Rosie, you're looking beautiful, by the way. Pregnant, lovely, sensational. Um, doing your thing up there. But I remember actually Joe and Rose's um, their wedding day. It was so beautiful. They had a herd of cows come and join them. And uh, they're in, they're in like, this paddock and um, you know, the ceremony's happening. And all of a sudden, like, there's this herd of cows literally comes up into the, into the area. It's like, this is the best wedding ever. Like, I love this. But these, these ceremonies, these settings are happening and then all of a sudden, this line comes out for better or for worse. And it's like almost like the people who are getting married, they wink each other saying, 
babe, we've got this, don't worry. Our marriage has gone from better to better. You know, our marriage has gone from strength to strength, from best to best. And this preacher guy, he's got no idea what he's even saying. You know, we, are, we have got it. We are ready to go. But in reality, there are so many things that we just don't know about in our future. Anyone's been married for a little while will be able to testify to the fact that, hey, there are some, there are some bumps along the way. Marriage takes work. And sometimes the reason why things don't work out is because the work wasn't put in. Anything that's good in life will often take work. Any dream you have, any hope that you have, anything you want to see shifted in your future will often require a lot of work. And this Hollywood version of marriages that sometimes is promoted out there these days is actually not necessarily the truth that we want to be able to help in our young people understand what is in their, in their future. Now, I want to say that marriage is the best journey that I've ever been on. However, there is work involved. Ali and I would both testify the fact that there's been work that's been required. Probably a bit more work on my side, to be honest, but you know, there's, there's been work that's been required along the way that's so important to understand. God gives a perfect blueprint for marriage. And today I want to speak into some areas which will include some generalities. There will be exceptions in some situations that are bigger than today's message. But I believe today's word is indeed for the everyday marriage to grow and be healthy. And I really do hope this is helpful for us today. So first point, if you're taking notes today, our first point I want to be able to refer to is in terms of God's perfect plan, is in verse 21, it starts off by saying, submit to one another. Submit to one another. You know, when you say, I do, you give up me and mine for us and for ours. You choose marriage is more important than just your personal preference. (laughs) Some of you guys saying, did I actually sign up to this? (laughs) Yes, you did. You signed up to this. This doesn't mean that you lose your individuality. doesn't mean that you lose your characteristics and who you are. If anything, they get revealed in a journey of marriage. But what it does mean is that you're declaring that us is more important than I. Now, important here is that this word submit. Submit comes from, I guess, the root word of, of, of submission. And submission, if you look at it, it's actually this principle is thought of, I'm going low. I'm choosing to humble myself. And what are you humbling yourself to? You're humbling yourself to the mission. What is the mission? Well, the mission is marriage. And so two people coming together, they are called to be able to lower themselves under the mission, which is marriage. And so often what we try and get is that, now I need to be winning in the marriage. If I'm winning the marriage, Ali's lost in the marriage. We need to find ourselves in a place where we are both humbling ourselves and lowering ourselves to the mission, the mission being marriage. So I'm humbling myself. I'm not being totally led by personal preference and I'm submitting myself to the mission here today. When we communicate, when we make decisions, when we plan and dream for our futures, we have to look through the lens of how can I submit to the person who might be sitting next to you or the person who I've been married to. Number one, we've got to find ourselves submitting to one another. But number two actually leads into this place where number two is actually tied in with number one. 
where it says in verse 21, it says, submit to one another, but then it says, out of reverence to Christ. Out of reverence to Christ. Number two is keep Christ at the centre. Keep Christ at the centre. Ecclesiastes 4, uh, 12 says, a threefold cord is not easily broken. Guys, you've got, to bring, you've got to bring God and Jesus into your marriage. You need the power of the Holy Spirit and His help to do this thing well. Fill your homes with worship. Fill your homes with prayer. Fill your homes with an opportunity to be able to stand with one another through all the seasons. When you find yourselves in church standing together, held hand in hands. You know, Ali and I, we love to be out on Friday mornings um, whilst the rest of the staff are here, we love to be able to come together and we love to be able to pray together. We're praying for our marriage. We're praying for, our, for one another. We're praying for our, our teams. We're praying for our church. Come together in a place where you bring God into the centre of all that you're doing. Stand together. Be united in Christ. We've got to keep Christ at the centre. If you keep, and here's the thing, if you keep Christ at the centre, if you do these two things well, where both parties have a commitment to this, where one and the other submits to one another. But it is done under reverence to Christ when we're committed to be able to make Jesus at the centre of what we're doing. It's going to make it very difficult for you to be able to find yourself in depths where struggles lead you to decisions where divorce might be an option and so forth. We want to be able to find ourselves understand as you submit to one another, and keep Christ at the centre of all you do, there'll be strength that you'll find. So Paul's saying, submission to one another is possible when Christ is at the centre of your relationship. I can tell you that when Christ is at the centre of your relationship and when you are submitting to one another, there'll be a fruit that is born in your marriage. And two of the things that we'll be able to see more clear than anything else was that husbands, you'll be able to love your wife like, he's, like, he's, like Paul's been talking about right now. You'll see love being levelled up in your relationship. But on the flip side, you'll also see this thing where, where wives will find themselves being able to honour their husbands as well. And so love and honour, I believe, are two of the most important ingredients in being able to see a marriage go from strength to strength. And here's the thing, as, 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 as husbands are loving their wife more, guess what happens? Wives are wanting to honour their husbands more. And as wives are honouring their husbands more, you'll see um, the, the love of the husbands being able to come into their wives a lot more. There is a cycle that takes place where as you do those two things, it goes from strength to strength. And here's what happens. Here's what happens on, on, a, on a Friday night when the husband walks home from, from work and comes through that door, she looks at him and thinks, I've married him. How good is this? She's impressed. She's like, oh, I get to have me a little bit of that. That, that, that's, that is awesome. It's fantastic. And then he comes in and he stands in and he sits next to her and he has the thing where he says, says, now, darling, I want you to tell me about every single little bit of detail about your day today. Tell me everything. I love you so much. I don't want to have any details skipped at all. This is the kind of thing that takes place and the marriage becomes this like healthy, happy place where there's love and where there's honour. But it happens out of the firstly going to a place of submitting and keeping Christ at the centre of all you're doing. Submit to one another. Keep Christ at the centre. Number three, honour the difference. This is where it might get a little more chunky right now just for a second. 
honour the difference. I'm going to say some obvious things right now, but it's important to be saying the obvious things. Men are not women. Women are not men. Being feminine is not being masculine. We need femininity. (laughs) We need masculinity. They're not the same thing. Husbands are not wives. Wives are not husbands. Mothers are not fathers. Fathers are not mothers. And here's the thing. When we talk about the mission, we can understand here that we're in the same team, but there's different positions we play. We're in the same mission, but there are different callings that get played out. We might be riding on the same bus, going in the same direction, but there are different seats that we sit in. And this is what Paul's wanting to be able to be able to share and start talking about here, particularly when he talks about this idea of husbands, you're the head of your, your marriage. You're the head of your home. Again, not necessarily a popular dialogue or a converse that is taking place these days, but I want to remind us, particularly men, if I can like eyeball just all the men, particularly the fathers, particularly the, well, the fathers and the husbands right now, we are called to be able to lead in the home. Now, that doesn't mean that we have oppressive ways or, or have um, controlling ways. It's actually about having a, a group that is strong enough. Like, baby, if you can stand up for a second. I often say this at, at, at weddings. I believe that it's actually called to make sure that there's a group that's strong enough that does not let go. Because who knows, there'll be things that come your way where it will want to try and let go. You want to have a group that's strong enough, but not too strong so it becomes intolerable. This is, this is what great marriages are made of. And husbands and, 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 and husbands here today, I want to encourage, we have a responsibility to be leading in this. If you read through Paul's writings there, there's a responsibility that's higher, that's more elevated, that we have to be able to understand. And, and a bit like um, Rafiki calls uh, sin between his places, hey, go and take your place. I'm calling all the men here, I'm calling all the husbands here to make sure we find ourselves, take your place. Wives here, champion it. Be in a place where we are, we are we're echoing encouragement. The best place for any wife will be one where there is a spiritual, where there's a financial, where there's a social, where there's an emotional covering that her husband is actually providing. And I want to help our, our, our guys here in this place here where we understand the authority, but also the responsibility that you guys have here today. I am responsible for the success of my marriage. Now, we both do it, but I am responsible for it. And then another analogy, we, we both lead the church here, but there's a different responsibility I carry than what Ali carries. And in the same way, any successful marriage will understand that, that there is a, that the same mission, but a different calling. Let me, let me talk to something here um, and by that, I don't think we'll do the, the panel thing later on. Um, we're having a bit of an ongoing conversation about the run sheet right now. Um, ignore that. One, one of the first sort of marital challenge that took place was with Adam and Eve around the sin moment. Most of us know there was a, a nice fruit. There was a fruit that was, was forbidden to be able to eat, and, eat. And what happens is that Eve finds herself with her husband, by the way, is in proximity, okay? He wasn't like off mowing the lawn somewhere. He was, he was with her. 
And she's having a conversation with the devil, with the serpent at the time. And she says, that fruit looks good enough to, for food. Now, here's the truth. She had no idea whether it'd be good for food or not. But she has this conversation with him. Like, like, and the deception happens and she finds herself holding this piece of fruit with the husband right there. Okay. A couple of things happen here where I want to remind particularly the men and I want to help us here today. A couple of things took place with, that, with, with, with Adam right there that we need to be learning from. The first one is there was an absenteeism even though he was right there. There was a passive nature that he had that should have stepped in that very moment and says, Eve, we're not doing that. That's not good. We've been given one, one rule, one, one, one boundary. We're now overstepping that right now. What he should have done, he should have got a stick, sharpened the heck of that stick and gone snake hunting and driven that serpent out of, the, out of there. But what happened, because there was an absenteeism, what took place right there, he watched on and he permitted things to happen. Here's the thing, when that happens, what takes place is that it sends a message to the wives saying, I'm not covered. There's not this same protection. There's not this same kind of like leading taking place. And what takes place is on the, for the ladies right now, be careful of a rising independence. Now again, we won't get into, into it today, but even one of the root causes of like the, the feminist movements right now is independence. I can do it on my own. I can do my own thing. I don't need a man. Church, can we be really, really careful of that kind of message here today? It's actually not helpful for us at all. The second thing that Adam actually does, he's not just absent in that moment. What he does, he doesn't take responsibility. What happens when God says, hey, what have you done? His first thing, she made me do it. <laughs> There's actually a blame going on. There's not a responsibility. Men, let's be present. Men, let's take responsibility for what we've been called to be able to do right now. And that then gives you the, the authority, that gives you then the permission to be the head of the home. Why? Because it's filled with love. It's filled with the same kind of love that Christ has for His church. I want to rally us here today. Let's be men who stand in this time. I believe that in hard times, men need to stand. And this is not necessarily again, very easy or necessarily popular to talk about. But I want to be a pastor that speaks into this space because, hey, if we don't, then the world's going to go pretty crazy pretty quickly. We need the church that will rise in this particular time. We hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information about C3 New Hope and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au.